O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom for ever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Thursday, October 7th. Thank you for joining me in a new Torah reading cycle for this year. For those of you who are new to Daily Audio Torah, you are in for an amazing adventure in the Word of God for this next year. The Word of God is what protects us against deception and delusion. In the world we now live in, finding truth is something you have to seek after with all of your heart, because there are so many lies being pushed and promoted through the mainstream media. We must love truth and seek after truth. Truth is a person, and that person is Yeshua. We are warned about a strong, deluding spirit that will be present in the end days, as it is written in 2 Thessalonians 2, 9-12. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Hasatan, with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this reason God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie, that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Beloved, I believe we are rapidly approaching the end days, so guard your mind and your heart by staying in the Word and staying close to Yeshua. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Noah. Genesis 9, 8-17 And Hashem said to Noah and to his sons with him, I now establish my covenant with you and your offspring to come, and with every living thing that is with you, birds, cattle, and every wild beast as well, all that have come out of the ark, every living thing on earth. I will maintain my covenant with you. Never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of a flood, and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. Hashem further said, This is the sign that I set for the covenant between me and you, and every living creature with you for all ages to come. I have set my bow in the clouds, and it shall serve as a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth, and the bow appears in the clouds, I will remember my covenant between me and you, 
and every living creature among all flesh, so that the water shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the bow is in the clouds, I will see it, and remember the everlasting covenant between Hashem and all living creatures, all flesh that is on the earth. That, Hashem said to Noah, shall be the sign of the covenant that I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. Jeremiah 8, 8 to 9, 26 How can you say, We are wise, and we possess the instruction of Hashem? Assuredly, for naught has the pen labored, for naught the scribes. The wise shall be put to shame, and shall be dismayed and caught. See, they reject the word of Hashem, so their wisdom amounts to nothing. Assuredly, I will give their wives to others, and their fields to dispossessors. For from the smallest to the greatest, they are all greedy for gain, Kohen and Navi alike. They all act falsely. They offer healing offhand for the wounds of my poor people, saying, All is well, all is well, when nothing is well. They have acted shamefully. They have done abhorrent things. Yet they do not feel shame. They cannot be made to blush. Assuredly they shall fall among the falling. They shall stumble at the time of their doom, said Hashem. I will make an end of them, declares Hashem. No grapes left on the vine, no figs on the fig tree, the leaves all withered. Whatever I have given them is gone. Why are we sitting by? Let us gather into the fortified cities and meet our doom there. For Hashem our God has doomed us. He has made us drink a bitter draft. Because we sinned against Hashem, we hoped for a good fortune, but no happiness came. For a time of relief, instead, there is terror. The snorting of their horses was heard from Dan. At the loud neighing of their steeds, the whole land quaked. They came and devoured the land and what was in it, the towns and those who dwelt in them. Lo, I will send serpents against you, adders that cannot be charmed, and they shall bite you, declares Hashem. When in grief I would seek comfort, my heart is sick within me. Is not Hashem in Zion? Is not her king within her? Why then did they anger me with their images, with their alien futilities? Hark! The outcry of my poor people from the land far and wide. Harvest is past, summer is gone, but we have not been saved. Because my people is shattered, I am shattered. I am dejected and seized by desolation. Is there no balm in Gilead? Can no physician be found? Why has healing not yet come to my poor people? Oh, that my head were water, my eyes a fount of tears. Then would I weep day and night for the slain of my poor people. Oh, to be in the desert at an encampment for wayfarers. Oh, to leave my people to go away from them, for they are all adulterers, a band of rogues. They bend their tongues like bows. They are valorous in the land for treachery, not for honesty. They advance from evil to evil, and they do not heed me, declares Hashem.
Beware every man of his friend. Trust not even a brother, for every brother takes advantage. Every friend is base in his dealings. One man cheats the other. They will not speak truth. They have trained their tongues to speak falsely. They wear themselves out working iniquity. You dwell in the midst of deceit. In their deceit they refuse to heed me, declares Hashem. Assuredly, thus said the Lord of hosts, Lo, I shall smelt and assay them, for what else can I do because of my poor people? Their tongue is a sharpened arrow, they use their mouths to deceive. One speaks to his fellow in friendship, but lays an ambush for him in his heart. Shall I not punish them for such deeds, says Hashem? Shall I not bring retribution on such a nation as this? For the mountains I take up weeping and wailing, for the pastures and the wilderness a dirge. They are laid waste, no man passes through, and no sound of cattle is heard. Birds of the sky and beasts as well have fled and are gone. I will turn Jerusalem into rubble, into dens for jackals, and I will make the towns of Yehuda a desolation without inhabitants. What man is so wise that he understands this? To whom has Hashem's mouth spoken, so that he can explain it? Why is the land in ruins, laid waste like a wilderness, with none passing through? Hashem replied, Because they forsook the teaching I had set before them, they did not obey me, and they did not follow it, but followed their own willful heart, and followed the Balaam as their fathers had taught them. Assuredly thus said, the Lord of hosts, Yahweh Saviot, the God of Israel, I am going to feed that people wormwood and make them drink a bitter draught. I will scatter them among the nations which they and their fathers never knew. I will dispatch the sword after them until I have consumed them. Thus said the Lord of hosts, Yahweh Saviot, Listen, summon the dirge singers, let them come. Send for the skilled women, let them come. Let them quickly start a wailing for us, that our eyes may run with tears, our pupils flow with water. For the sound of wailing is heard from Zion. How we are despoiled! How greatly we are shamed! Ah, we must leave our land and abandon our dwellings. Hear, O women, the word of Hashem. Let your ears receive the word of His mouth, and teach your daughters wailing and one another lamentation. For death has climbed through our windows, has entered our fortresses, to cut off babes from the streets, young men from the squares. Speak thus, says Hashem. The carcasses of men shall lie like dung upon the fields, like sheaves behind the reaper, with none to pick them up. Thus said Hashem, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, let not the strong man glory in his strength, let not the rich man glory in his riches. But only in this should one glory, in his earnest devotion to me. For I, Hashem, act with kindness, justice, and equity in the world. For in these I delight, declares Hashem. Lo, days are coming, declares Hashem, when I will take note of everyone circumcised in the foreskin, of Egypt, Yehuda, Edom, the Ammonites, Moab, and all the desert dwellers who have the hair of their temples clipped. For all these nations are uncircumcised, but all the house of Israel 
are uncircumcised of heart. Colossians 3, 1-17 If you then be risen with Yeshua, seek those things which are above, where Christ sits at the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For you are dead, and your life is hidden with Yeshua in God. When Yeshua, who is our life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, covetousness, which is idolatry. For which things sake the wrath of God comes on the children of disobedience, in the which you also walked some time when you lived in them. But now you also put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge, after the image of him that created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Yeshua forgave you, so also do you. And above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also you are called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Yeshua dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever you do in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Yeshua, giving thanks to God and the Father, by him. Psalm seventy-eight, thirty-two to fifty-five. For all this they sinned still and believed not for his wondrous works. Therefore their days did he consume in vanity and their years in trouble. When he slew them, then they sought him, and they returned and inquired early after God, and they remembered that God was their rock and the high God their Redeemer. Nevertheless, they did flatter him with their mouth, and they lied unto him with their tongues, for their heart was not right with him. Neither were they steadfast in his covenant. But he, being full of compassion, forgave their iniquity and destroyed them not. Yes, many a time turned he his anger away, and did not stir up all his wrath. For he remembered that they were but flesh, a wind that passes away and comes not again. How oft did they provoke him in the wilderness and grieve him in the desert? Yes, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. They remembered not his hand, nor the day when he delivered them from the enemy, how he had wrought his signs in Egypt and his wonders in the field of Zoan, and had turned their rivers into blood and their floods, that they could not drink. He sent various sorts of flies among them, which devoured them, 
and frogs, which destroyed them. He gave also their increase to the caterpillar and their labor to the locust. He destroyed their vines with hail and their sycamore trees with frost. He gave up their cattle also to the hail and their flocks to hot thunderbolts. He cast upon them the fierceness of his anger, wrath, and indignation, and trouble, by sending evil angels among them. He made a way to his anger. He spared not their soul from death, but gave their life over to the pestilence, and smote all the firstborn in Egypt, the chief of their strength in the tabernacles of Ham, but made his own people to go forth like sheep, and guided them in the wilderness like a flock. And he led them on safely, so that they feared not. But the sea overwhelmed their enemies. And he brought them to the border of his sanctuary, even to this mountain, which his right hand had purchased. He cast out the heathen also before them, and divided them an inheritance by line, and made the tribe of Israel to dwell in their tents. Proverbs 24 27. Prepare your work without, and make it fit for yourself in the field, and afterwards build your house. I'd like to speak to you today from our passage in Jeremiah chapters 8 and 9, and then we're going to jump into Colossians chapter 3. And I want to start with the very first verse that we read in Jeremiah H, and that is verse 8 where it is written, How can you say we are wise and we possess the instruction of Hashem? Assuredly, for naught has the pen labored and for naught the scribes. This is painting a picture of people who are deceived. They believe that they know the instructions of the Lord, that they know His word and His commands and His instructions, and yet this passage gives a strong indictment that they are totally far away from God. And so in verse 11, it says, they offer healing offhand for the wounds of my poor people, saying, all is well, all is well, when nothing is well. Again, this is a picture of total denial. And in some ways, I can see a parallel to what's going on in um, the mainstream media, which has been taken captive by the globalists and by the Communist Chinese um, Communist Party, the CCP, because the propaganda machine is at its highest pitch right now. And so you can listen to the talking heads on the different various alphabet soup mainstream channels. Um, and they're all parroting each other, saying using the same keywords, the same phrases, and um, you know parroting the script that they've been given, which is a total um, disconnect from the reality of what's actually going on on the ground. And so it goes on to say in verse twelve, they have acted shamefully; they have done abhorrent things, yet they do not feel shame. They cannot be made to blush. Assuredly, they shall fall among the falling. They shall stumble at the time of their doom. It goes on to say in verse 20 of this chapter, Harvest is past, summer is gone, but we have not been saved. And here we are. It's that time of year. It's the fall. 
We've just completed Sukkot, but we have not been saved. And things look pretty dark around the world in places like Australia, France, Europe, America, Canada. Um, the tyranny, the lockdown tyranny, which is being welded into place uh, where you cannot have a job if you're not vaccinated. You can't work for a hospital or for an airline if you're not vaccinated. If you're a state or a federal employee, you can't work unless you're vaccinated. The tyranny of this bear trap that is clamping down upon the people is just tremendous. And people are losing their jobs, uh, being fired, and may or may not be available for unemployment. And so it's looking pretty dark. The bear trap has been sprung. And the tyranny is rising around the world. Verse 22, is there no balm in Gilead? Can no physician be found? Why has healing not yet come to my poor people? What is the answer to that question? We find the answer actually in the next chapter, chapter 9, verse 12. Hashem says, because they forsook the teaching I had set before them, they did not obey me, and they did not follow it. They didn't follow the Torah. So because they've departed from the Torah and gone their own willful way, done their own thing, um, now we see all this tragedy. Now, the Israel Bible commentary to verse 22 from chapter 8 is there no balm in Gilead? Can no physician be found? Why has healing not yet come to my poor people? The commentary to that verse in Israel Bible, the IsraelBible.com, reads as follows. Jeremiah laments the people suffering. Despite condemning their immorality, impudence, and hypocrisy, he nevertheless identifies with their pain. And I'll parenthetically insert this comment. That is the mark of a true intercessor. That instead of pointing the finger and blaming and saying, look at these people, they're so wicked. He suffers with them. He weeps with them. He feels for them. He's connected to them. That is the heart of an intercessor. Continuing on, wistfully he calls out, is there no balm in Gilead? Gilead is located on the plains of Jordan, across the river from Jerusalem, and was famous for its medicines. The commentators understand this balm as a metaphor. Righteousness and good deeds could have healed the people, but they were too distant. So, continuing on, in chapter 9, verse 23. Now I want to jump into chapter 9, and let's look at verse 15, where it is written, I will scatter them among the nations which they and their fathers never knew, and I will dispatch the sword after them until I have consumed them. So this happened to both the northern and the southern kingdom. Recall that in 1 Kings chapter 12, with Rehoboam and Jeroboam, there was a kingdom split. And the southern kingdom, also known as the house of Judah, uh, was under Rehoboam. And the northern kingdom, the ten tribes of the north, was under Jeroboam. The southern kingdom went into captivity, into exile, with Babylon in 586 BC. And they were in captivity and in exile 
uh, in Babylon for 70 years, and after 70 years, a remnant returned to Jerusalem with Ezra and Nehemiah. But the northern kingdom went into captivity in um, with Assyria before that, before 586 BC, and they never ever returned to Israel. They went off into exile to Assyria, and from there they became scattered amongst all the nations of the earth. This is the non-Jewish part of the house of Israel. And the northern kingdom is called the house of Joseph, or Ephraim, or the house of Israel. So in this verse that we just read, I will scatter them among the nations, which they and their fathers never knew, and I will dispatch the sword after them until I have consumed them. Um, this has come to pass. If you go to blueletterbible.org and you use their search engine and you type in the word scatter, you will see literally dozens and dozens of verses peppered throughout the uh, Hebrew scriptures about how God promises that he's going to scatter his people because of their sin. Basically, he's kicking them out of his house, out of his land. But then if you type in the word gather, you will also see dozens and dozens of verses peppered throughout the Hebrew scriptures about how God promises that he's going to ingather and gather in his people, both the house of Judah and the northern kingdom, the house of Israel, gather them and bring them back home to the land. So, continuing on, let's look at verse 23. Of chapter 9, but only in this should one glory, in his earnest devotion to me, for I, Hashem, act with kindness, justice, and equity in the world, for in these I delight, declares Hashem. Jeremiah contrasts two separate ways of living. Some people strive for wisdom, power, and riches, through which they can take pride in themselves. But all this is foolish when compared to Hashem who has infinite wisdom, power, and riches. On the other hand, righteous people strive to know and understand God's ways. As Rambam writes, this knowledge will motivate the person to seek God's true delights, loving kindness, justice, and righteousness. In this way, righteous people will imitate Hashem's ways. That was the commentary from the Israel Bible. Now there's another verse from the New Testament, the Brit Hadashah, that really lines up with this verse that we just read. And it comes from Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter um, 10. And we'll start in verse 16, but the punchline is truly verse 17. Uh, but we'll read verses 16 through 18. To preach the gospel in the regions beyond you and not to boast in another man's sphere of accomplishment, but... He who glories, let him glory in the Lord, for not he who commends himself is approved, but whom the Lord commends. So Paul is saying, I'm I'm not going to glory in myself or my flesh or my accomplishments or my skills or talents or any of that. He's saying, if I'm going to glory, let him let us glory in the Lord. Put all the attention and the focus back in on him. And if somebody is going to commend you, let it be someone else who does it, not that you commend yourself, because that reeks of pride. Okay, let's jump into um, the last verse of this chapter, chapter, verse 25. 
where it is written of Egypt, Yehuda, Edom, the Ammonites, Moab, and all the desert dwellers who have the hair of their temples clipped. For all these nations are uncircumcised, but all the house of Israel are uncircumcised of heart. Now this is particularly speaking to the northern kingdom, the ten tribes of the north, the non-Jewish part of the house of Israel. And there he's making this assessment, this judgment, that all of the house of Israel are uncircumcised of heart. So here's the question and the application, the personal application for each and every one of us. Am I, are you, uncircumcised of heart? What does that mean? If we have an uncircumcised heart, then we are acting in the flesh. We're not walking in the spirit. We could be a carnal Christian or a nominal Christian. Um, it can be a, a stony heart. And and the flesh is, is what's king, is what's ruling. But a circumcised heart has been cut by the very sword or the knife coming from heaven. And the circumcision process is painful. There's a cutting away of the flesh and a dying of the flesh. And there's a bleeding. But yet a circumcised heart has yielded to God and said, you be the king, you be in charge. And the spirit rules and reigns instead of the flesh. So may we ponder that and take that to the Lord in our prayer closets. I want to conclude now from our passage that we read in Colossians chapter 3. And this is just a delightful passage of scripture and really wonderful, rich, deep things to ponder and reflect upon. Chapter 3, verse uh, 1. If you then be risen with Yeshua, seek those things which are above where Yeshua sits on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. There's an art to that. That's not something that just comes naturally. It's something that we learn to do. And it's a discipline to think on things above and to set our heart on things above uh, takes practice. And how do you develop this? I believe it happens when we take time out from the noise and the confusion and the din, the clanging and the clamor and the confusion of the world. And when we shut the door to all of that and we take time to be alone with the Father, with Yeshua in our prayer closet, wherever that might be, if you have a set-apart place where you can go and spend time with him and listen, to the still, small, quiet voice, and to be still and to shut out all the interruptions and distractions of the world and to listen to him and to what he is saying to you in the spirit. That is how we learn how to set our affection and our heart on things above in the heavenly realm, not on the things of the earth. Verse 3, for you are dead and your life is hidden with Yeshua in God. And that thought continues in verses 9 and 10. 
Lie not to one another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. So before you were born again, the old man was in you, and the old man was uh, full of sin, selfishness, darkness, foolishness, um, self-centeredness. But literally, the old man is crucified with Yeshua and is in the grave. And now it's almost like a taking off of an old, ratty, stinky, disgusting, nasty coat. And that coat represents the old man. Don't wear that coat anymore. Put on the new man. And that would be like putting on a beautiful white linen garment that is absolutely pure and clean and holy and maybe smells slightly of uh, lavender, of something sweet, the perfume of Yeshua. Put on the new man. Put on that white linen garment, which represents the good deeds of the saints. And so we don't want to wear the old man, that nasty, stinky, disgusting coat anymore. We want to put on the new man and walk in the spirit. So that's what I have for you today. Um, Have a blessed day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Shalom. Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. <laughs>